First Amendment is freedom of speech. Uh-huh. We here to debate. Yeah. We eager yeah. to teach. This some misinformed people. We eager to reach. Real. And there's a bunch of information we need to see. The homie Tyran got the pile on lock. Lot of props. This the equivalent of the barbershop. Some topics light, some heavy, some life, some deadly, some right, some messy. But the homie speaking his truth, so just listen. And he ain't really giving a fuck about your opinion. The mission? Open your ears, you can let him in. Motherfucker, this beard talk with a veteran. Certain walls we was built upon it. Some are living through them, some are killed upon it. Gonna deliver opinions, how we feel in moments. Straight deliver the real with no filter on it. Breaking news, what's the breaking news? Had you wondering where he gon' take it to? Just getting some shit off of his chest. So welcome to Beard Talk with a vet. conversation about the minority male experience hosted by retired u.s marine corps veteran turned ceo tyran cosby whether you are a rookie in the game of life a seasoned vet from the school of hard knocks or somewhere in between sit back and listen laugh or learn as tyran sounds off about hot topics culture and manhood here's tyran For everybody that's out there, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Beard Talk. Got to give a big shout out to my man, Doc, for the intro there. I really appreciate that. And on this episode of Beard Talk, we're going to get down and dirty with a beautiful lady that got nothing but knowledge. Nothing but lighter. She's kind of the one that got me started in this whole podcast thing. So as you know, on here, we just straight to it. We raw. We like to be us. Sometimes we may cuss. We may fuss. We may cry. Who's to say? But with that being said, I want to bring in an outstanding guest to me. Now, this particular lady I met at an entrepreneur conference a little while ago, and um, she put me on to some great knowledge. And I was at a point when I was had done some people's podcasts and things a time or two, and they had told me that, hey, you should really do a podcast. You got some dope knowledge. You got some dope information that you should put out to the people. Now, me being me, I ain't never want to do a damn podcast because, again, that's work. But when I met this lady, Kimmy Walker, by the way, she kind of, you know, talked me into doing podcasts and she said the same thing. Hey, man, you got some good information. You need to put a podcast out. I say, Kimmy, I want to do a goddamn podcast. But she said, you know what? You're going to do a damn podcast and I'm going to teach you how. So with that being said, that's kind of how everything was put into the universe and how Beer Talk with a Bet was born. And here we go. So I can't even do another episode without bringing this lady on. So with that being said, I would like to introduce the world to Kimmy. Motherfucking Walker. Kimmy, how you doing today, baby? <laughs> so, Hi. Hey, there we go. That's what I'm talking about, Kimmy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I feel good. I feel like, what? Ah, well, You're the tables have party. turned. Yes. <laughs> that, there you go. 
Normally, you are the interviewer. Today, you are the interviewee. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to use it for a word today. But I want to, first of all, start everything off by saying thank you for everything that you've done for bringing Beer Talk with a Vet into life. Now, I'm going to be the first to tell any and everybody that's listening, man, I have probably, Kimmy got 62,000 gray hairs and they all are caused by me. Yes. And yes, facts. Facts. Okay, a thousand. Shit, we we got a lot. I'm... (laughs) <laughs> I know I'm a handful to work with, but Kimmy, you got to admit, I briefed you when we first started that I ain't like the others. So uh, <laughs> I just want to thank you for sticking it out with me. I know it's a rough road, but I promise you we're going to get to the finish line together. So I couldn't do this episode without at least bringing you on and kind of showing people how Beard Talk with a Vet came into and how we're going to grow into something much bigger than what we are right now. So I want to thank you. Let's let, it, let's let it roll and we're going to get started. Okay, well, we're going to get started. Yeah, I'm running my circle. But first of all, I want you to maybe give your own explanation of us to who you are and um, tell the pe- yeah, let the people know who you are. So my name is Kimmy Walker. I am, oh, I'm a few things. So I'm a psychologist by trade, a personal okay. trainer, a wellness coach, and an accountability coach. So I guess somewhere after everything was kind of done. I lost over a hundred pounds through diet and exercise on my own in college. Then I went on to become like a personal trainer and a group exercise instructor and eventually went on to be a school psychologist where I help people ages three through 21 or people with children two through 21. Now I got to say this because you can't just slap the people with this. Now you say you lost over a hundred pounds, right? Uh, Somebody's going to be looking at you right now. Maybe even hearing your voice like she don't even sound like she was Fucking had a hundred pounds to lose. I did. Well, I know your journey, but for the ones that don't, because they may be looking at you going, well, shit, I've been trying to lose a hundred pounds. You dig? Like, how did you lose a fucking hundred pounds? Well, it just started honestly with walking. Well, a little bit of, there's a long, big old, (laughs) some life shifts and a loss of appetite, but it honestly, it did just start with walking just a little bit. Mm campus every day and then slowly building it up then I started exercising but it took a while it doesn't just come off like that you know it doesn't just sounds like people see the end product and it's not even so much losing it is sustaining it and maintaining it so um, different things at different times so at first it was actually walking outside then the gym then joining different groups so I found different things around as I went along that kept me interested in it Mm, okay yeah i'm fine with that now again because if i was a stranger just meeting you some i would call you a liar to your face because i'm like there's no way you lost over 100 pounds but i got receipts i just didn't bring them because <laughs> you know this, this is my show right facts yeah, I, I, I did <laughs> i did okay so you got a few little things under your belt you say school psychologist correct personal training i help people or children or adults young adults who might have problems academically behaviorally social emotionally and then everything kind of just fused together with me just being someone who helps start and implement changes create new habits overcome hurdles and so essentially i help a lot of people in the sectors of business education and wellness Hmm. All right. You know a little something then. You got a little something on your noggin, huh? <laughs> That's all right, dear. What made you get into, like, doing podcasts, though? I 
at the time when I really started my podcast, I was doing a few different business groups. I was doing my things on the side. Like I had my fitness and wellness brand, which I still do, which is Kimmy Fitwell. Still, I was a practicing school psychologist, but I still wanted to do more with my own business, the things that I do for people just kind of outside of that realm, kind of like fusing it all together. So I went right. to a coaching program with a Miller Little John called Package Your Genius Academy. And hmm. uh, I did a few business things like, you know, got into some stuff, but that was the one that really helped bring it all together. So Amanda takes people who are like high achievers and who have done a lot in their career, academically, personally, and you tell her all the things you kind of succeeded at. And she kind of explains like, oh, you could package it and do this. And that's where early accountability came into play. And she coined that for me in the description mm. based off of me explaining to her everything that I had done in my life, a little bit about my life background, what I had overcome, what I had helped people overcome, things I had did at my past jobs, because I used to you know, be over a women's center. I used to do a wellness initiative at FAMU. So I've done a lot of different things with helping people kind of start new habits or just kind of expand themselves. So that's where early accountability came into play. And the podcast was part of like my final project. That was my way I wanted to consistently create content for my brand through the podcast. And so it'll be three years this upcoming January that I've been been out of the Academy and that's been my project. That was my project. So that's what I said. I said, I think I could podcast. And so Hmm. it blogging, I've done blogging before on and off. I've never been consistent with this. So podcasting was something I could be consistent with. And this upcoming year, as I started now with just my visibility launch for other entrepreneurs, I'm going right. to be putting more video into the early accountability podcast because I've got consistent with audio. So now I want to be more visible to people. So it's funny you say that. Yeah. Cause it was easy to just talk. I can get on the mic and you know, so now video is a little bit more like people get a little awkward about it. So. I was going to say, that's one of the things that you got me with because Initially, when we started with the podcast, I'm like, all right, well, podcasting ain't too bad. I can put my headphones on. I can do whatever. I can walk around the yard because I like to be, you know, out of the cage, as I say, and do everything. But then you switch it up and pour the okay, you know, the, the right on me and say, hey, well, you need to be more visible. Now I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> so I feel where you're coming from with, with that. And I, and I, so, so I just got to say, I, I, I thank, thank you. So, so I got to leave. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I think it was important because especially for me, I had at that point, I think that was my second year. Yeah, going into my second year. And there were a few guests who had came on my show who I was like, you need to have a show. And three of you all happened to be males. And at that point, I just felt like the world needed to hear the voice, more voices of black men. And so for you and Maurice from Wilson Wealth and Justice Wally from Justice is Just Justice, Urban Life Coach, you all had different. Yeah, shout out to them. Shout out yeah, to them. yeah. Shout out to the first class, the first yeah. first class of Early Accountability Podcast launch. But you all have different things in life, but there's a lot of similarities. But the big thing is people need to hear different voices of black men. And I didn't feel like there were enough black male podcasters. So kudos to you. Because I am very proud of all three of you all for doing this. And even when you all are extremely, extremely critical, uh, it's very important to get your voices out in the world and have that that spirit that lives beyond you. It's It's crazy crazy you say that because that's actually fact. fact. You know, know, I really didn't want to do the podcast as I keep saying, but when when me and you talk, we kind of hit that part all the time that it's very important to get our voices out. 
when, when I, I tell the story of the stuff, stuff I've been through and stuff, stuff I'm going through and so on and so forth, it's, it's amazing, amazing that when I do talk about it, other, other people that went, went through it are going through it. Mm-hmm. So when me and you got to talking, it's like, nah, Ty, you're going to do this damn podcast. I really don't want to do it, but when, when we did the first few episodes and then I had people getting me up and they just like, hey, thank you for the content and that, you know, I've been going through the same or your advice on relationship. It's just like, okay, we may be on. But like I said, you know, with the fellas, I'm pretty sure they like me. We just probably didn't really want to go visible too much without something to say. <laughs> there's plenty to say it's like when somebody asks it or you're just talking about it it's fine and I'm like okay go podcast and people are like oh because what people feel like when they're podcast they feel like uh, they're talking to themselves and you know now, now that's, that's the good part about, about a podcast, podcast is because it's like, like I, am I am talking to myself, myself. And I always feel I'm my own best friend, so I'm cool with that but then it's like are you going to be received for what you're saying or are people going to think who, you know, who is this negro who we think he is and all those, Those are things, things that played in my mind, but I guess, I, guess it's, I was so blessed to have a coach like yourself that was like, no, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. So I know Maurice, even, I would think he's the same, but me and Wally have talked about And I know we're both thankful for what you've done for us. So I just got to keep putting that out. But shout out to the fellas that listening. I got to get them on so that we can talk, but... Yeah, you should. Yeah, because, because of you, three of us have something going on that possibly, who knows, our family can keep growing for a while. <laughs> that's, that's a big shout out but no that's good I think now your show is definitely the most diverse because you have a lot of different things you've talked about <laughs> or going to talk about I mean because right, right. some people know you have podcasts some don't necessarily know what topics they should expect from your show what might be coming up in the future I can tell you on my show just don't, don't have no expectations because <laughs> that, that, that's the best way to stay, stay in it because <laughs> some days I will shoot the shit, but I think my thing is more like getting knowledge out to people, uh, especially the black community on things of maybe um, marriage. You know, I've been married for 20 plus years, going strong. I don't know too many people in my neighborhood or my family that say that. From finances, you know, one of I always say, what if the hood knew how to invest? Stuff like that. So, again, because of you and I want to do this. So, yeah, I don't have anything that's going to be solid. Some, some days, days it may be me on this mug just crying or something. I don't fucking know. But some days we may be learning. And you want to have so. some veterans too. That was another big reason. Oh, oh one legend brothers, yeah. Like, like you interviewing my ass now. But yeah, that's a big thing for me is to just kind of give a platform to veterans so we can kind of talk about things. Because a lot of us, we go through things, not just with PTSD, not with depression. But then you have stuff that goes on in family where you lose a loved one. Maybe you're having a rough relationship. And, and people don't, don't want to talk about it right. because they, they feel like, you know, know maybe they'd be looked down, they laughed at and, and all of that. So I'm, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I want to have that platform to let I like, why, why give a fuck what people think? think? Right. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's kind of what I want to talk with a vet to be. Uh, other vets come in. I would love it if other vets come on and I let them run the show for a day. And, and they, they give it from their perspective and stuff. So, so anyway, that's enough about me. But yeah, yeah we're talking with a vet is kind of going to be. We, we have no filter, not a fucking one. So. Well, and I think too, even right now, well, I think you have a, a very unique perspective because everything is so different right now. We everything is so unknown with COVID and uh-huh. everything, and the holidays just look 
different. People aren't really able to be close to their loved ones. And that's something you were active duty. So some people may not know that you were active duty. You retired. Well, I, you know. So there was a lot of times that you weren't physically close to your family. And how did you like put through that? Because for, for some people, this is the first time they're experiencing this. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty, pretty much, much uh, like what we're doing right, right now is pretty, pretty much what I did for almost 14 years. Uh, I was right. an internet dad, as I always say. My, my wife held down everything while I was deployed to Japan, Afghanistan, and all of that. So my household, this is kind of like we ain't been there in a minute, but we've been here before. And I know for maybe you guys, but I would say like you, my family, this is their first Christmas away from pretty much everybody. So, I have to ask you, like, how are you coping with it? Well, me and my family, we have gotten creative. We do do a lot of, like, videos and small gatherings. And we've still had a lot of good times. Now, I was away at college. My family's in Indiana. I live in Florida. So, I've been kind of away before. I've spent Thanksgivings by myself. I don't know. I have. I still have a picture from back. I try to just make the best of it. So there was one I just wasn't going to go home for Thanksgiving. I think it was going to be too much. I was in grad school. So I bought, I had my lifestyle change at that point. So I bought a turkey and dressing lean cuisine. And I just went outside <laughs> and, and jogged and enjoyed myself. And I had my lean cuisine and I just enjoyed it. But I'm more of, a, I don't need a lot of people to feel, I can feel okay. But I think I've encouraged other people to use some of the things that are available for technology. So I know Zoom on Thanksgiving, they took off the, the limit. And there's like, I think, watch party or apps like that where you can watch, you know, people go to the movie after Thanksgiving, right. watch a movie together in real time. And I mean, and you can still get those experiences. My grandma be on Zoom and FaceTime. So I feel like <laughs> if she can be on it, then anybody yeah. can figure it you out. Know, that's the crazy thing. So my very first uh, holiday away from my family was when I went to... This, this was essentially the end of 93. I've, I've never, never had a family uh, I mean, a holiday away from my family. And that was the first one. Was me and my buddy, we were stationed in uh, Camp Pendleton, and we wound up going to San Diego for a break. And we had these just before internet, well, damn cell phones. So they had a picture on the wall at the train station at a hotel. And they talked about the great food they're going to give us and all of this. We were like, yeah, let's ride. We took a train, uh, like an hour and some change to San Diego, get there, and we had a, a room with two beds, it had a radiator, and we got peanut butter and jelly for dinner. That's what they served. And for me, and as it sounds, that sounds like probably the worst holiday ever, but it was probably one of the best holidays ever. So I say that because we didn't have the things we were used to. I had to call my mom and she's like, oh, we eat sweet potatoes and turkey and ham. And my buddy called his family and we both cried in each other's arms. But we became men that holiday. So it's kind of like what we're doing now is what we were doing in 93, 94. Uh, so for me, it's pretty simple. But I know for a lot of people, this is hard. Even my family, this is hard because they want to be together. Right, right. Yeah, yeah and, uh, that's what we tell them. Hey, we do it by Zoom, but that's about it. Sorry, I'm not Some traveling. Some of them are still mad. Not traveling. Well, my family, we ain't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As I tell you, if you ain't never been married to a doctor, I want to be the first to tell you it's a great thing to be married to a doctor during the pandemic. I'd rather run barefoot on broken glass. <laughs> 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 
the fucking birds. She be safe and healthy. She is, and that's what I was gonna say. She's been keeping us safe and healthy. I've literally almost washed the black off in my hand. Uh, small price to pay. But, but no, nah, nah, I know that you live with, you know, I think your grandmother, correct? So, so, so is she super anal on uh, washing hands? Yeah, kind of, sort of, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Not too, too much. Yeah. She has her, her moments. I mean, she'll still go to TJ Maxx and such. Here, go out shopping. Not a whole bunch. But yeah, she's not traveled for the holidays or anything like that. And, and that's something. So, so are, are y'all doing uh, big dinner or anything? Mm-mm. Is y'all see? see? That's, I don't need no. That's kind of like what I. Uh-huh. Really uh-huh. no, I don't really need no big audience to eat. Like I ain't gonna that. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, you, you know, most people they gotta have ham. They gotta have turkey. They gotta stuff in. All of this, even if it's just four people there, they gotta have it. All that stuff. Nah, we got little like things here and there, different things we like, but. We just keep on moving. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fun because I, I feel like, like this point. It's, it's kind of like what I like. I've already been living like this, but for so many times for the holidays, I just wanted to have like hamburger or something, watch TV. I didn't want to cook a big deal, so I think I may get away with it this year. Oh, what? Without having a big meal? Well, see, you cook. So right. Now, what is your specialty, though? Honestly, I don't really have a specialty because I think everything I cook is M5. So, I, don't I don't have a special tea, but, but if it was like now, now like now, now I kind of want to do like ribeyes. I just kind of smoke a ribeye. Like I'm kind of tired of hand. Go live and do a cookoff. Mm. I should do it. Might be cooking with them. Let's cook off. Get all the, the uncle, y'all uncles. Get all the uncles on. You know, put y'all sandals on. Pretend like y'all barbecue. Like, hey, you know what? <laughs> we might actually have them. Let me not get off track. I want to ask you, so if, if a person, person is kind of right now, they're in between the holidays and losing weight and stuff like that, how does the Kimmy fit well come to play for them? that's a good one. That I can let them know. Ooh, because it's a lot of stuff. It's the quarantine and the holidays and you've been kind of having quarantine snacks now it was good i think because if you are if there's less food around it's a it's less temptation you know i think because it's less quantities of it for me i've been just kind of now that i am going to the gym again i do go to the gym now and i do feel better so i feel more productive so if people have a way to, to add in some kind of physical activity i would say try to incorporate it not just for weight loss but just for mood and right, right. just helping to battle some of those feelings of like depression or anxiety or nervousness, getting some kind of movement in. It's not just for our like physical health, but for our mental health too. Okay. There's some like they can look into like Well, you know, I am on Instagram and stuff like that with Kimmy Fitwell, but I am restructuring a little bit, so everything will be under KimmyWalker.com. No, no, no. lifestyle. Less just solo weight loss, but more lifestyle, you know. Right, right. and see, see, that's, that's the point that I would make. A lot of people think that they get for their go to the gym, Thanksgiving after Christmas, and then they'll work to work on that weight. But I always tell them, you got to do a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. You know, to get the weight off. So you agree or disagree? Well, and some people don't understand that. So you never lose fat cells. So fat cells only shrink. So no matter what, I always have like almost 300 pound girl 
five two frame worth of fat cells. Fat cells just shrink, and so that's one of the reasons it's easy to kind of regain weight because they didn't leave unless you do something like liposuction or something like that. But biologically, they're there; they stay there. So I think sometimes people don't count into and factor into the fact how much you have to do to maintain it. Losing over a hundred pounds and sustaining it at this point versus like my heaviest or known heaviest. I consume or through diet and exercise, I have about a, a negative thousand caloric intake a day for what I used to take in. And so some people eat like what, 12, 1300 right. calories a day. I pretty much like cut a huge part off of me. And I mean, it's a, a child or a teenager. So right. it's very easy to gain it back. But, you know, if you, you're too drastic, like if it comes off too rapidly, one is it's so easy to yo-yo back. Because you haven't given your body a chance to adjust. You're just primarily losing water and things like that. And it's not healthy on your heart either. So if you're working out, like when we were in college, we had like extra time. If you're working out four hours a day because you're trying to go to a wedding or I know that right. we're just using that hypothetically because people are doing a lot of that. But if you're just losing weight, you know, like the soup diet and you're doing all that. And so like once you get there, you're going to have to do a certain percent of that as sustain because your body's going to treat you as if you were in starvation mode. It's going to hold on to anything you give it give it then and that's where we see like a lot of the yo-yoing and things like that so when i hear like some of the diets or things people do now i guess maybe keto or fasting mm-hmm. or i'm not sure what else people do i'm just like yeah. like y'all just it's always gonna be something you sound like me i always tell a lot of trying to lose weight like fam you do understand it lifestyle like some people think okay well i'm gonna go deep six months and then it's, it's like, like no, nah, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work, work that way. Right. You know, you know I, I ain't gonna say it's part of my life. And so, I mean, I never, from where I was at, like in high school, and besides I was when I graduated high school, I never would have thought I would have been become a personal like trainer. Like if you talk to my like sixty year old self and be like, oh, you know, one day you're gonna be a personal trainer, like a what, a who, a what? <laughs> and so that was just honestly really like you know, branding your battle or taking that and and really staying on top of it. So I really wanted to learn more about weight loss and where was the weight going and how to stay healthy. And doing that put me in the field. So it put me in the fitness and wellness field. And then I started working at the rec center on campus. I learned how to teach spinning and other group exercises classes. I got into yoga and mindfulness and the whole mind body experience. So I immersed myself in it. Um, one, just to learn more, but it also helped keep me accountable because I had those, like, well, that's what I was doing for my job. That's how I got paid, too. So it's like, okay, I got to go work out because I got to go to work, you know. So that kind of thing. <laughs> that's why I tell people. And it changes. So at different times, it might be a class that people really like to do, like Zumba or something or whatever. Different right. different ways that you can find to keep yourself engaged. And sometimes social, too. There's other things you can do with it. I've seen even people, like, even during quarantine, I've seen people getting really, well, not even that creative, just still finding ways to be, move with their family, like biking, you know, tennis, things where people get social distance, like tennis, just different ways to get out and get their kids right. moving and get themselves moving and still be physical. But you just cooped up in the house all day. Right. <laughs> um, that's, that's the best time to do it, but I have a lot of people that give me the excuses with that, too. Like, um, couldn't, couldn't go to the gym because of whatever. Yeah. Couldn't go work out. Like, like you can work out anywhere. You can. You can. Work out in the car. Yeah, yeah there's no excuse. 
And even when I don't work hard, because I mean, honestly, I think even before quarantine, I mean, it had been months uh, since I had not exercised. So I have gotten to a place where I am a little bit more mindful and just more aware and able to kind of regulate myself. So know that if I am not exercising and not moving, I need to be uh, a little bit more strict with myself on my eating at that time. Mm-hmm. And that just comes with time and learning yourself, you know, in whatever circumstances you might be going through too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had to ask you this. Okay. Because I, I know where I stand with it, but as a black, black woman, woman mm-hmm. like what are your thoughts of where we are right now? Like, even 2020 where everything is going on. I know I stand. If anybody that follows me pretty much know how vocal I am about where I stand. My, My question to you is, like, like what is your thought process? Wonderful country. Where we're at as, as people. I would just say as a black person, just looking at it now, like, what is your, like, do you think that it's still great? It's a lovely country or it's shit? I definitely think there are biases. There, discrimination, racism is still very, very, very prevalent. And I believe that some people may not have seen it and it's becoming more visible to some, but like even with George Floyd, I'd say all the time, like, well, that's not a new situation. It was, but that's not the first time that's happened. Um, Or that's not the first time somebody was profiled or treated like that. And I guess it's, we have the ability now to use the views to, I guess, create more visibility. What we really need is still change. Because it's still a long way to go. I mean, I get it. We're not on separate water fountains or it's not the colored and white, but still people create those divides subtly still in society, I believe. And that's fact. And I know my views on it is totally different because even when people tell me like, man, I didn't know or whatever. Well, you'll experience that even in your neighborhood, which might be predominantly Caucasian. You know, there may be even stigma you had to deal with or mm-hmm. perception people had or you know right. when it comes to that from both sides I think maybe right. from the majority and the minority <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true but it's like with me I'm always like, like I can't buy it, it. like, like when, when I, I say that when I was talking to a few and they're like man I didn't know I didn't I didn't like fam I can't learn about any history without learning about what the hell happened to black people I can't learn about black history without learning about white history Mm. So, so when the person tells me they know it's like eh, you took the same fucking history class I did you know the black people did it on since day one and you see it now so I just always want to know like different opinions because I always say I'm, I'm a male you know I could be disgruntled towards it regular ass country or whatever but I like to ask people like self that got come from more of a sensible mindset like, what do you think of it because that'll let me know if I'm wrong or right no, I think there's still definitely changes to be made. I don't think everything is just perfect or great, but I don't think everything is equal. Right. By any means. If one of your friends said that and they was like, hey, I didn't know what you were going to do, Kimmy. Um, this is just brightening my life. Like, like basically their insights to what you're going through. Do you believe that or do you not? I believe it depends. I know even sometimes in the work setting, I've had people 
some things I can roll off my sleeve. And I've had other people say, well, I think they might have did that to you because right. of whatever, X, Y, Z. It could be whatever. It could be because I'm a woman, because I'm black, because what have you. But you go say something about it. Did you go to the next channels? And I think that's one thing that was so important to me with George Floyd. It doesn't need to just be the voices of those who are affected standing up, because if it's wrong, it's wrong. Right. So it has to be people standing up who it doesn't even directly affect saying, that is not right. That's not how you treat right. people. That's what he means. That's right. Right. Because as 13% of the population in the United States, it needs to be just more than just us to see that kind mm -hmm. of huge radical change that, that changes the masses. And so, yeah, it's important. But, yeah, I guess you could say some people may not be aware. Some may or may not. I don't yeah. Know. Are you, you a younger generation or so? I might be able to buy some of that. But if you're about my age or older, me personally, I can't. Well, what was it like even in the Marines? Because the Marines is really predominant. It's a lot of, especially like in leadership roles. I know. Man, that racism so damn alive in the military is pathetic. You know, and that's, that's, that's why it kind of bothers me. Was that the least diverse branch? Is that the least diverse branch? Now, that I can't speak from. I feel like they're all, if you look at the blacks to the white ratio, we're always going to be lesser. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think that. I feel I should say that's across all branches, but I could be wrong. Okay. But I know from where I was, the majority of the time, we were definitely the small numbers. Okay. It was to the point that if three of us are chilling, they would come and say, hey, you need to break that game up. You know, but if five or 12 white dudes are chilling, as a young Marine and you see that and you deal with it, it's just kind of like, all right, once I pick up rank, I ain't got to deal with this shit no no, it's you, too you, you do. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, they call it politics. You know, fucking politics. So, <laughs> I feel like it's been around because even when um you haven't really probably been here like that, but if you go to the Kings Center here, uh, the Black History Center, they call it. It just got all on the walls of stories of black people being beat by police and being killed by police. How the police got away, they got acquitted. This has been going on for since ever. So, you know, when that George Floyd hit, it just seemed like that just ripped the scab off of everybody. Uh, even the ones that was trying to live. And I know for me, as, not just as a black man, but as a father, you know, I'm like, well, fuck, man. I just gave 20 years of my regular ass country. And now I got to come home to this. I got to worry about my kids going to get the gallon of milk and all of this. So for me, I know for me, I was in probably one of the newest mental spots I've ever been in. Because I've been full of rage. Like, like I just wanted revenge, and I knew that wasn't me. I, that's why I buried myself in this house, and I was good. But I always want to know. Just worried about your sons and how they'll be treated going forward? It was that, but I know me and my temper. So I'm most level here, dude, Brown, but when it comes to my family, all bets off. And I just didn't want to. See none of that. Like I told you, I don't want to go march. I don't want to do none of this shit. Because me personally, I was so disgruntled. I'm like, I don't have shit different that Dr. King is going to say. At this point, every time they slap us, we're going to march. I keep slapping your ass, too. You, you, you got to fight fire with fire. Now, then my approach, I felt, was very different. So I just kept my ass in the house. So I stay at right now. But again, I like to talk to people. You know, you know, and especially, especially people like yourself, yourself who are level-headed. Right, right. And just 
do what, do what your head said is. That, that helps me a ton. Well, it's trauma. Facts. Facts. It's trauma viewing it. I mean, there's so many layers of trauma to that. And I think sometimes some people didn't necessarily understand what post-traumatic stress can be or how traumatic that can be even in the moment, especially for someone in that category, especially for someone who is a black male. Um, Very, very, very painful. And especially anyone who has experienced or come up against with brutality like that. It's hard to say, how could you not just be, how could it not just make your stomach turn? How could it just not make you sick? Right. Yeah, yeah, and it was like a constant over and over, not, not just George, George Floyd, Floyd, but it was like, like oh, 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 George Floyd was bad. Check out this. Yeah, and that's what I talk, tell people, and I talked a lot about that on my podcast, that it's okay to kind of tune off. Even with right. COVID, like, after a while, I was just like, okay, it's keep saying all this stuff it, that can just create a lot of anxiety and mm-hmm. so to me i had to be like i try to be mindful when i say i try to be mindful of my consumption i try to be mindful of my consumption across the board so even with like my social media or how much i'm reading in the news or how much i'm taking in because that can mm-hmm. put you in a certain mind frame too so it's like our first mask don't protect us then they do then it is and you know everything <laughs> switches so it's just like you have to kind of have some layers of okay i'm gonna do about three articles a day get a feel and I'm gonna move on same thing with George Floyd even in news like how many times do you have to keep keep right. living it like I mean I mean that's even when some people's families or relatives have been you know murdered and things like that in court cases you have to think that just be like let them plead because who wants to just keep being <laughs> just having seen that their loved ones like brutally slain or something like that who wants to just keep being exposed to that like that's yeah. not that's tra- all kinds of extra trauma on even what has already happened now we want you to keep reliving it Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like you said, we had that. that. Not, that's that's why I said I think 2020. I think almost everybody that survived 2020, we all need to go mental counseling because you can't you can't watch all of those murders, you can't watch all those dead bodies, you can't go through all this COVID. One minute the president say this, and that. It's just been so much that you feel like you found. I don't think you fucked. So a lot of this has kind of been new to everybody, to include myself. And I tell my kids, I say in 2020 alone, I've seen more death than I think combat. You know, because you can't get on social media. I guess what I'm saying is like you've been barricaded in house due to quarantine. Right. So you, you can, can only read so many books, <laughs> books only do it's just so much radio. You finish. You're going to want to pick up your phone and go on social media. <laughs> You, are, you, you know, but if every time you pick it up, and somebody getting their head blown off, it's oh, like, uh, I'm losing it. Right. So, so when I was dealing with teenagers, some, some live with me and some calling me, they, they were call, they were crying, you know, calling me. And now I'm thinking, feel helpless. So when somebody you love or close to you, they're crying, and you feel helpless. Then I don't know about you, but I start fucking crying too. Right. And that, and I remember, you know, I was making videos, trying to talk. Some people laugh. I didn't really give a shit. And you know, other guys hit me up, and, and they was crying. And they, hey, and they called me Gunny. Gunny, I just, I thank you. I don't have nobody to talk to. I ain't got nobody at home. So it just got a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I say all of that to say, like, 2020 has just been a deal. Yeah, I know. And I think, too, we kind of put, really only only way to go from here is up, right? Yeah. Oh shit, man. My saying is, if you survive twenty twenty, I don't give a damn your business or what. You battle tested. 
no matter what 2021 going to bring you, you already battle tested, whether you know it or not. If you are still, if you fucking can hear my voice right now, right. you have been battle tested. Right. And if you got a business and that business is still thriving, or, 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 you're still, still going. going. Say, say, baby, you're battle tested. So 2021 can only be the icing to the fucking cake you already made. That's just my two. Well, I think too it's gonna be good when people keep watching your show and your YouTube because you'll be talking more and we'll be showcasing more uh-huh. of some of the battles you have fought and overcome or are still tackling in life. Right. So because sometimes people just see that's one thing you told me. Sometimes people just see well that's who with weight loss. Sometimes people just see the after. Or the right. before and after, and they don't understand everything that happened in between there. They don't know about <laughs> the nights crying and you hungry, you want right. right. and right. you got turned and, and, and that's why I took you up on your challenge. Right. Uh, being, being more visible. visible. Right. Everything, because it's just, it's just like, like with the Kanye moments, as I call them. Some, some people call bipolar or whatever, but that's fine. I don't care about all that. Because there's other people out there going through what I'm going through. And... I know, I know some, some of them look up to me for some odd fucking reason. I don't know why, but they'll look up to me. So it's kind of like if Tyran did this or Tyran was human about it and he shed tears and he talked about it, then, hey, I'm I'm going to do the same. I feel that's the first step to healing is kind of talking about it and being verbal about it. You know, don't worry about what people say, because, hell, Tyler Perry has did more for black people in Atlanta and black people will still wear his ass out no matter what he do. Right. So you can never worry about what somebody's going to say or do. That's why I think in that, because I think all black people have PTSD and trauma. Mm. We just have it, you know, handed down to us from grandma, from great grandma, from my mom. So, yeah, I want to be verbal. So it's kind of like, you know, you had to twist my arm and beat me to do it. But the light finally came on and it's like, yeah. It's uh, yeah. breaking generational curses. Facts. And that's what I always say, breaking generational curses. And, you know, it's, it's funny that because I see a lot of people and they post that, that they're going to break. Gen- but it's like for me and the shit I've been through in my life, I've had a bunch of strangers hurt me. But ain't nobody ever hurt me like the people in my generation, the people in my family and stuff like that. So sometimes you you have to break those curses by going dark, as I say. And you got to distance yourself from everybody. And then you figure out what the fuck makes you tick. And when you know what makes you tick then you're good. But if you spend all your time trying to make everybody happy, you'll never make yourself happy. So 2020 has taught me that. And I'm fucking 46 now. So. Yeah. I mean, Kind of my two cents. It's a lot. I think what's great about your show, what's great about a beer talk with a vet, there is still so many different people you resonate with who can resonate with it, whether young males, older males, uh, whether it's just about stuff going on in the media, vets, married right. people, single people, like it, they can all come in and get something, something from it, you know. Right. And one thing we don't have is more time, so we don't have time to learn everything through experience, you know. I mean, although you like might tell your kids, "Oh, don't do this, don't do that." Okay. Right. That you want to go do it, but honestly, you're really just trying to save them from. The do-overs or the head right. of that, right. based off of what you learn. And mm-hmm. sometimes, Gino, just listening to that, it's like, well, that could save me time. Or like you said, even things you learn in your business, that could save other people money. Mm-hmm. Facts. You know, things you learn <laughs> along that. And I think, too, that's still a way how we break those curses. And like I right. 
about investing and learning about that. That's something right. really, it's not necessarily, I guess, typically talked about in like African-American families when you're going about investing. Right. 401k and that's definitely been so when you talk to me about the podcast and stuff that was one of my things that i was like i wanted to do because even when justice and uh maurice was in the mix i was like damn well maurice has a lot of financial knowledge that i don't even know about you know so obviously having him on and educating black people of because i even now with this little funky ass six hundred dollars that they're about to give people it's like that's a slap in the face to me anyway but that's a, I mean, and when I say a slap in the face, I'm speaking of for, for people who really need that money. They win a year and the most you can give them is six hundred dollars. So I'm like, that's a slap in the face. But if they knew how to take that six hundred dollars and stretch it into three thousand, four thousand dollars, you know, I feel like that'd be a good thing. And I feel like that's where, you know, Maurice can come in. Some of them don't know about things. So that's where maybe Wally can come in. And he, hey, man, I lived that life. I was on the streets with you guys and so on and so forth. So it's kind of like, yeah, trying to give a platform to us, you know, and I'm not just saying black people. I'm just saying to us as in people, men, women, white, black. Right, 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 right. Yeah, just to learn. Yeah. Just just to learn. Mm-hmm. The perspective. Yeah, the perspective. I talk to my kids. I talk to them daily, probably so much they sick of me talking. But that's my thing. I'm always talking to them about, hey, man, if somebody would have talked to me when I was your age about right. investing or this, I would probably be a multimillionaire, you know, by now and stuff. So, you know, if you guys learn from the mistakes I didn't make and hey, so my kids, I know, hell, my son come in now, he's telling me about stocks and he's telling me about a business he want to start. And so, yeah, you know, well, he, my oldest is 23 and my youngest is 20. So he goes back and forth and he talks about stuff, but it's just good for me to hear. And I'm like, damn, man, imagine if the hood knew how to invest. Or they knew how to legally stretch their money. Mm-hmm. There's no way we in 2020, we should still really have ghettos, in my opinion. Hit a, hit a legal lick. Yeah, that legal lick. See, that, you, 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 you stay to the street. Okay. I do. I do. <laughs> nah. Well, look, I don't want to drag this out too long, but I do want to say thank, thank you for... Yeah, thank you for everything you've done. But before you go, is there anything that you want to hit the people with, whether it's to follow you, whether it's to check you out on anything, any type of platform? Well, I would love for them to subscribe to Beard Talk with a Vet on YouTube. I would love for them to follow, uh, like Beard Talk with a Vet on YouTube. Facebook. On Facebook, goddamn right, people. Peace. I would love for them to look at and like and Beard uh, follow Beard Talk that on Instagram. Yes, check you out on a website. We have a website, BeardTalkVet.com. Facts. Look at Facts. It. I mean, it's coming together beautifully. There's some new things coming out. The blow up, the revolution will be televised. Beard Revolution. Beard TV is in effect. So Facts. you see me. I'm behind, <laughs> I'm behind the scenes and the curtains. But yes, I definitely want everybody to turn in, tune into Beard mm. that, That's uh, what I'm most excited about in okay. of 2021. I want people to see your show, see your podcast, subscribe, listen to the guests, recommend people because there's definitely vets, males, all kinds of walks of life. People who have experienced trauma. I think this is just 
the beautiful beginning, but I'm excited for it because I know it's going to grow. Also, Life Behind the Beard. Facts. Life Behind the Beard. See, Kimmy, that's why I love you. She keep me in check. Now, first of all, I got to say, Kimmy runs everything. Everything. I mean everything on my show. So if Kimmy was to fucking disappear tomorrow, I'll fucking I'll be talking in the cup in the string. So I got to thank you for that. that. Yeah, yeah, check, check us, us out. Beer talk to bed. It's it's real serious right now. You know. You better stop oh playing God. with me. We, I mean, we gotta, you gotta feel official. <laughs> we real official. Like, uh, uh, no. Yeah. And that's why the first, you know, uh, kind of this episode, but the first live, it had to be with you. Oh, that's it had to be. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored. It I'm had to be. Y'all continue to grow. And it was not about me. Uh, and that was one thing I wanted to do. I did my podcast and I was just telling people, oh, you should have a podcast. You should have a podcast. I'm like, no, you need to sow into some of these people who have sown into your show and, and grace to be on my show. And I am grateful to see that because I believe that's truly how we go forward. We pay it forward. And seeing you all continue to have your show, that means a lot to me, like I said, because the world, and this was before George Floyd, you know, you all launched this time last year, the Mm -hmm. world to hear more black male voices, different genres of life, different experiences, because it has value. And you deserve to be heard. Everything, nothing that you've been through, me, anybody, has been through Bane. And the world needs to hear that. The world needs to see that. And there's people who you in healing ourselves, you know, continue to heal ourselves and help others. You know, we do continue to heal ourselves. And so sometimes, like you said, those words that you might say, or you just talk about from what you had, what you thought about from your lowest, it can stop somebody right there from taking their life. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people right now, especially, I don't know what it's like to be a man, but to have a society makes feel that everything, the family and the unit, depends on you and they have no job they have no income mm-hmm. holidays and people want stuff and people kids still want things and everything's mm-hmm. chronic and what do you have do your kids have the latest stuff it's hard it's hard out here and right. uh, so that has value and i definitely believe and know that it will save lives and it, it will give some people that perspective and even i think for some even just that first step of knowing it's okay to go forward and get help or it's okay right this or it's okay right like you said you know yeah those things that yeah people make seem taboo i don't know why we do that but yeah we do that a lot and that's why i kind of just been like yeah i definitely want to do a podcast and let them know because i know me and my battles with ptsd have you know and i feel i'm a very strong dude but that ptsd is undefeated you know it's undefeated i lost a lot of friends to it and i mean a lot of friends to it so you know, when you got me to talking and everything, I was like, you know, I do want to be more verbal with it because I know what they were going to going through and they didn't talk about it. Yeah. I know that I know what it did to them. So, hey, let me talk about it. And I'm blessed enough to be married to a freaking psychiatrist of all damn things to be married to, you know. So, yeah, I try to put out a lot of stuff, but I, I say all of that to say that I thank you for everything. Beer Talk with a Vet would not even function without you. So I don't never want you to think that it ain't never appreciated. No matter how much shit we go through, <laughs> trust me. I hey, I know who my ride or die is. I fuss with my wife and I cuss her ass out. But I love shit out of her, you know. So 
Yeah, we're going to have bumpy roads, but I just need everybody to know. Because in the future, we're going to even talk about other people getting their podcast started. Because I know a lot of people that want to get started. So, of course, them coming to Kimmy, who got me started and setting up a one-stop shop, is the way to go. You know, you don't have to do shit on your own these days. It's 2020. It's 2020. We got smartphones. Time to learn everything. We don't have time. Bugging right. You're supposed to be quarantined any goddamn way. So, shit. (laughs) So. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show. And I'll I'll let you do your, I'll let you do your outro. (laughs) All right. Well, I do want to say to everybody that's out there that's tuning in, whether it's on a podcast or whether you're watching this live, just want to let you know, man, it's okay. You don't have to go through life being perfect. I think that's the beautiful thing in life. We can have some fucked up days. We can have some awesome days. We can cry some days. We can laugh some days. That's the difference in the different moods, and that's cool. So don't ever think that, you know, you got to be a certain way. This movie, your life, your life is your movie. You are the fucking star. You're the director. You're the producer. You're all of that. So if somebody want to say something to it, they just background, which means they ain't really shit. So with that being said, man, I hope everybody stay focused. Check us out, Life Behind the Beard. If you haven't checked us out already, check out our website, lifebehindthebeard.co. You can follow us on Instagram at lifebehindthebeard101. And um, definitely subscribe to all of the Beard Talk Vet, uh, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Please check us out and follow us because we want to put out some great content to y'all. No filters, no holes barred. We're going to say fuck shit, damn. And then we'll still praise the Lord while we at it as well. Certain walls we was built upon it. Some are living through them, some are killed upon it. Gonna deliver opinions how we feel in moments. Straight deliver the real with no filter on it. Breaking news, what's the breaking news? Had you wondering where he gonna take it to? Just getting some shit off of his chest. So welcome to Big Talk with a vet. The First Amendment is freedom of speech. Uh-huh. We here to debate. Yeah. We eager yeah. to teach. This some misinformed people we eager to reach. Real. And there's a bunch of information we need to see. The homie Tyran got the pot on lock. Lot of props. This the equivalent of the barbershop. Some topics light, some heavy, some life, some deadly, some right, some messy. But the homie speaking his truth, so just listen. And he ain't really giving a fuck about your opinion. The mission? Open your ears, you can let him in. Mother Fucker, this beard talk with a veteran. Certain walls we was built upon it. Some are living through them, some are killed upon it. Gonna deliver opinions how we feel in moments. Straight deliver the real with no filter on it. Breaking news, what's the breaking news? Had you wondering where he gonna take it to? Just getting some shit off of his chest. So welcome to beard talk with a vet. by Tyran Cosby so you won't miss an episode and visit lifebehindthebeard.co for your natural grooming needs.